Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Brian, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast for part two. Thank you very much. Thank you, Justin. I'm looking forward to part two. And from part one, we uh, definitely had a great experience on there and some good information. Hopefully, we'll continue on that. Oh, no question. Well, if you guys... um if you guys think back on what we we talked about in part one, which was really at a high level, how to bring ideas to life. And Brian's really the expert in the space, right? He is the inventor coach, and he actually is the executive director of this amazing organization, the United Inventors Association, which we're not going to talk as much about today because we covered so much of that on part one. So what I thought we could do today, Brian, is really dive into kind of the spectrum of... I have an idea. I want to bring it to life. There's there's kind of things I need to know as I go through that process. And you've walked so many of your own products through that process. And you've helped others to walk through that process. So I thought in today's part two, we can unpack those ideas with you. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. And you know what, Justin? What's amazing and why I love this industry and, and this the inventor world is that it doesn't matter who you are. You could be a doctor, a lawyer, politician, uh, celebrity. You could be unemployed. You could be a student, a senior citizen. It doesn't matter who you are. There's people that are out there that are in certain environments and you're watching things and you're doing things. And that's what invention is about. And that's what I love. We could talk about all the steps, but some of the parts and some of the things that people ask me is, Brian, how do I become an inventor? Right. How do I come up with new things? Right. Right. Well, and why don't we start there? I mean, everyone has got an idea. That's what we always talk about when I'm talking to about our products. And it's like, everyone's got an idea, but it's a matter of whether you write it down, whether you take time to invest in, in figuring it out and then moving to the next step. So when you're talking to folks that have ideas but aren't sure what to do with them, what's that first step that you help coach them on? Well, like I was saying, just start to pay attention and be aware. And it's amazing the things that you'll see and you'll find. And people do a lot of people watching. <laughs> it's right. even as simple as that. With me, I love going shopping. And when I go shopping, there's so many things that go through my mind. And I watch how people are looking at the, the products on the shelves and they're going through and just the experience and what their reaction or response is when they pick up a product or it's in their shopping cart uh, and and shopping cart in the retail stores. Absolutely. But just just to understand and to analyze what they're doing. And, and that's the part that I love is to just say, you know what, what is this person doing? How are they doing it? Where are they in their environment? And, and that's what comes to, to uh, opportunity. With, with coming up with an idea. Absolutely. Well, and for those of you that don't know Brian, I mean, first of all, in addition to going to listening to part one, as I referenced earlier, I mean, you got to check out, he's got a bunch of books on One's called Inventing Secrets Revealed. One is you and your, you and your big ideas. Um, I mean, he's got his own products and inventions that have been marketed through as seen on TV, the home shopping channels, catalogs, retailers. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And you're now giving back by helping others, which I really love, Brian, by the way. All right. So, Got an idea and I'm moving it, I'm ready to move it forward. Like, talk, help me through that process and some of the tips and tricks in each of the stages. One of the most important steps, because you can be driving and come up with this brilliant idea, and then somebody honks at you or you honk at them, and poof, it's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I used to say, write it down, but these days you don't have to. And boy, I really made myself old. I'm only 45, but okay. <laughs> um, now you can text yourself. You can leave yourself a voice message. Totally. You can, uh, th- there's so many different ways to come up with it. Even the simple pen and paper still do the job, but just capture it because it disappears very quickly. So I write down my ideas and throughout the day, I am coming up with all kinds of interesting things and I just write them down. I love that. Well, and for me, like, I, and you probably found this, everyone has their own creative spot, right? Like for me, I swim in the mornings, like, like working out or whatever, and I have all these ideas. So after, if I, I've got like a great product or song idea, whatever, I run to my phone literally after swimming and turn on the voice memo on my iPhone just to sing it, write it down or, you know, speak it in. Because if I don't, within, I bet minutes, they will just be gone. That's what I mean. That's my process. But but even think about what you're saying. Before that, you're sleeping. So how, True. Is, your, how is your how is your sleep? Right? Is there anything right. you came up with while you were? I'm saying like, is it your pillow? Was it the things around your bedroom? Totally. Was it the, something with the TV that you were watching when you were binge watching, Justin? Uh, I would right? never. So then then you wake up and now you're in the bathroom and right. now you're using things in the bathroom that could be something interesting and then you're walking out of your room. And you're getting dressed and you're putting your shoes on and you're going to work or school or some other environment. And it took you time till you got there. So you're in the car and just think about all the different steps of what you're doing throughout the day, even when you're eating. Right. No and you had breakfast, too, somewhere along the way. <laughs> right. So and, and then you're in a restaurant or you're with other people and you're watching that. That's what I'm talking about. So people just go through their days like like robots and machines sometimes but when you when you stop and you take a look and you think and you start to become aware of things that are going on around you on a daily basis you wouldn't believe what kind of opportunities no are, question. are out there no question so it's being aware and then documenting it all right so i've captured it so what's next well i think that you when you have all these things written down even if it's one or maybe it's not for a week that you come up with something that's okay but when you do have it, I hit the computer. It's so easy these days that you're able to go online. And I'm not saying like you came up with this great name for this idea that you have. Well, you might be the only one that came up with that name, but maybe take it and make it generic and make it descriptive. Because remember what search engines are. They're really for finding what's out there on the net, similar to what you're typing in a search. So it could be in the body, in the description of a product, or it could be on a web page somewhere. And those are the things that you want to be able to come up. So I can go crazy putting in a description on a web page or in the search. And then all of a sudden I see like hundreds of web pages that come up. And that's that's a little frustrating because I'm not in the mood to be clicking on, clicking off, back, forth, back, forth, trying to find. So you know what I do, Justin? In every search, there's all and there's video and images and shopping. So I click on images because I'm a visual guy. So I click on images and all of a sudden I see all the descriptive words that I wrote in the search. I see all these things come up and I start to look and I see, well, maybe that might be too similar. I'm not sure yet. Maybe that. But I think I told you this on part one. You have to search to find it. 
No Don't question. search not to find it. Right. And we talked this, about right? that. People didn't want to see that someone else had already come up with their ideas. So it's like, I'm not going to search. But I mean, it might be the best thing ever to, so you don't waste your time and money on a bad idea or one that aren't someone else already pursued. You know what? You know what, Justin? <laughs> what? It's an emotional, it's an emotional experience. It's when funny. you come up with something, you want this idea to change your life. You want, and it can, it's right. possible. But you also have to be realistic. And there's an emotional connection and attachment to an invention and an idea. But you have to be realistic. So I think I told you last time, people are searching and with their eyes closed or their blindfolds on, or they're not even looking at the computer screen when they hit enter to say, you know what, it's coming up. And I have to face the fact that if it's not this one, I'll find the next one. But let's say you are spending some time searching. Maybe similar, mine's different. Okay, so copy-paste the URL onto a Microsoft Word doc or write it down. Compile up all the different variations of what you think could be close. And then we'll get to that after. But once you finish that, do it again. Come up with different descriptions because you know how much this is costing you so far? Zero, except your time. Okay, so keep keep finding them come up with descriptive words. And then once I do that, I go to a different search engine. So there's Google, Yahoo, Bing, there's, there's Firefox. There's so many different search engines out there. There's nothing wrong with spending the time to search and hit images and hit shopping and hit videos, go to the stores, see if it's out there. I mean, I have inventors that are calling me up saying, Brian, I went to Walmart. I did not see it out there. We are going to be rich. Sure. <laughs> but you right. got to be realistic. You right. got to be realistic. And it's a very, very important ste uh, step of the, the invention steps, because I find that inventors will end up skipping this part and go to step six, seven or eight when they didn't do this. That's why I'm just spending a little extra time on this, because whether you're speaking to me or sure. you're working on your own invention on your own, yep. this part, you have to face reality and sure. you have to face the facts. Is it something that I can call my own? Can somebody else do it without me because it's in the public domain already? Is it too similar where there's a limited market or limited opportunity? And these are the questions that you have to be real to yourself with, Justin. Sure, no question. I think that's great, and you're right. That's a big hurdle, you know. And let's, but now let's let's play it out. So I have something that's um, that's I haven't found out there, and I've got. It's not just a cool name, but it's it solves a problem, and I think it's unique. So, so, and I'm sure you have people come to you with this, and they're ready to invest and maybe go get a prototype made or or something. So, what's next? All right. Well, congratulations, Justin. You're on, you're on your you're on your way. All right. Okay. So I'm excited. You came up. You 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 captured these URLs to start with. You went to the store. You took pictures of some of the things that are similar. And now what I do is, I mean, I've been doing this for a while, but I still I, I hire a professional patent agent or attorney, and I take what what I found, and then I show them what I what I came up with, and I ask them, give me. What do you pull? Pull prior art from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Library. Pull those. Pull those. Uh, those past uh, patents that are out there, and show me. And then compare mine to what's already existing in the patent office, and give me a patentability opinion. And obviously, they want to be lenient to be able to say, you know what, there could be a shot, and it's an opinion. So if they tell me that it is possible to get intellectual property protection, 
then I'll ask another one and I'll get a second opinion. And that's how serious I take the patent searching to begin with, because if it's something that I end up hitting a brick wall with when I get an opinion back and they say, no, I'm sorry, it's it, you're, you're not going to be able to get IP protection on this because it's too similar. So you know what I do? I stop and I move on to my next idea. So it's really important, especially when you're going to start investing your time, money, energy, effort, and asking a million people about what, what they think. It's really good to take a step here and, and focus on it. So that's what I do. I, I check to see if it's possible to get intellectual property or not. Interesting. Um, and, and if it's something that I'm going to license, and I know we touched on this in we part did, one. We did, and I want you to, to explore this a little further with our audience today. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you one part that's really important, Justin, is that when I'm talking to somebody, I need to understand not just their idea, but I get into their brain of what they want to do with their lives. And I get a, a little bit personal with their financials because I need to know what direction and which way this journey is going to take us. Is it something that you're thinking, let's say we get through some of these stages we're going to talk about, but is it something that you're going to want to license, which means that you're going to find a, a manufacturer that has distribution and they're going to rent the rights to your intellectual property and collect and, and you would earn a royalty. So if you go to the store and you flip one of the boxes over and you call one of those companies and you add your product to that product line, then there's a possibility that you can earn royalties from your invention. Okay. So that's a licensee uh, going to them uh, and, and you would become a licensor. And then on the other side of it, Maybe I have some entrepreneurs that are calling and, and uh, came up with an idea and I speak to them all the time that say, Brian, I want this to be my baby. I want to run this company. I want to build it and have something in the future for my family and everything else. So that's great. So then maybe the intellectual property doesn't have to be so, so vigorous like if you were trying to license it. Because remember, if I'm a licensee, which I explained to you, I'm a manufacturer with distribution capability. And that means I manufacture myself in my own internal factory or I outsource it to another factory. And then I also have distribution channels. So either I have my own internal sales team or I outsource and I hire sales reps. So if I, if I have a potential licensee, they're going to want to have some kind of exclusivity to, to my idea. And they're going to want to rent the rights to my intellectual property. So they're the only ones in their in their industry that's going to be able to say that it, it's from them. Otherwise, what do they need me and you for? They can do it themselves. So that's intellectual property and licensing. And again, I'm giving a premise of what it is, but I've personally licensed of my own inventions and other inventors' products without any intellectual property and still earn royalties from them. But that honestly, it's based on relationships. I've, I've worked with companies for a while and they understand that some things may not necessarily be able to get patented or get some IP, but they'll still respect uh, our, our relationship. And they'll, I, I, I earn with the inventor on, on royalties on, on some of those. Okay. So, so now, now let's talk about, so maybe it's not necessarily something that you're able to get intellectual property protection on like a patent. Okay. Um, so, and, and I decide that I want to go into my own business. 
all I can. I just don't necessarily. Uh, I just have to make sure that I'm not infringing on somebody else's intellectual property. So if it's somebody else's patent that was from 1940, that's public domain. I can take the same idea and I can come up with a different name, and now I can continue on my journey of of of, of entrepreneurship. But if I can do it that way, so can you. So, can so other people. me and you can exactly. do the same exact things and compete. Yep. Okay. But you ever hear of the, the Snuggie? Of course. <laughs> right? So the Snuggie was invented many years back in its public domain, but a marketing company said, you know what? This is this is something cute. We could put a good name on it. As seen on TV. That's right. Right. And then you heard of the Slanket and all the other versions of what a <laughs> Snuggie right. is yep. because they have the right to. It's public domain. That's right. That's crazy. And, and I'll tell you, I work with some inventors also that they come up with an idea very interesting and we end up searching and we realize that there's a hundred different items the same thing like what they have so you know what we've done a couple times is we've either gone to the factories whether it's domestic or or overseas and we private label we just came up with a great name i put put your name on it we do some packaging we make a website you have some inventory and now you sell it and you're in business. Congratulations. You buy it for $2, <laughs> you sell it for nine ninety nine. Right. You have a nice margin there. No doubt. You're in business. Yeah. And you're off and running. Right. So it doesn't have to be where you're coming up with this invention that's so brand new. Right. I mean, I'm proud that you came up with something, but it already exists. Right. So make a decision. If you're not infringing and you could buy it in private label and you want to continue, that's fine. Or you could do what I do is when I come up with something and I see that it exists, I buy it and I enjoy it. Right. You know, <laughs> no question. it's funny. No question. It, I, I, Justin, you know, it's really funny. I used to tell my daughter Ryan. 17 now. She's 17. <laughs> yep. But when she was younger, uh, as she was more of an active inventor hanging out with daddy. Now she doesn't want to, she's talking to boys, but uh, other boys besides me. Uh, but when I, when she was in that zone of, invention invention and having her invention book and coming up with all these things i would be like you know what alana if you come up with something and it already exists i'm gonna buy it for you so we had plenty of toys that she came up with that we bought because it was very very interesting but then she got me she's like daddy what if there's a tv that swipes and you can have these different things that you push buttons and you can play games on and she showed me the iPad. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> right. I'm buying you the iPad, but that's the last time I fall for that trick. <laughs> right. No question. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. So I, I love this aspect of it. And then you know, there are those that get through this and they're off and running, right? And so what are maybe some of the, maybe two or three of the, the key things that um, you know someone needs to be thinking about as they move past this? They've got the idea. They have something that's now that's tangible, it can get to market. I mean, one of the biggest issues, that, as you know, is how do you get placements? How do you get shelf space? How do you get on the QVCs and HSNs or and into retail, right? I mean, that's is that something you also focus on when you're coaching others? I, I do. But there's, there's a little bit before that. Ah, please, I know bring you wanna, it. I know you want to put your product you on know the I shelf. You know, I'm excited. We, I want to get my product out there. We have to make it first. We have oh, some product development right. to do. That's true. <laughs> I went right to the end. I don't end. know what you're putting up there yet, but uh, <laughs> so my idea. Um, I got to do some design work. I got to make sure that it's real, yep. that people like it. Look, I'm I'm always in the mindset of of uh, bootstrapping and trying to keep the cost down. It doesn't matter if you have cash or you don't have cash. I always try to find a way, and 
there's things that that are similar that exist or or you can find things and you can rip them apart and add things to them or take things away from them to be able to try to come as close to your invention idea as possible and uh and you could try that and if you if you're not able to then there's plenty of other resources now available so there's people that do product design or you might which are basically the graphics of what your idea looks like then there's also cad uh, drawing which is 3d drawing also that you can actually take that file and you can convert it into um, into a prototype these 3d printers now are they're everywhere and it's so easy they're like desktop printers now so you take these files and you upload it to a printer and now you have a physical um, sample in your hand that you could see you could feel you can test and uh, and and that's the part that you have to figure out. So if you can get a good working prototype, so we we did the searching. I always like to have some sort some sort of intellectual property, but first I need to figure out what it is that I'm I'm protecting. So this prototyping stage is really important, and I have to say that this part really changed my life. Okay, tell me why. Because you can talk about it, you can show pictures, but when you have something that you can show and how it works, that's gold. It's it's important, and when I was able to put it in in a licensee's hands or a buyer's hands, they really got the idea. Right, it's so, more tangible versus an right. image on a piece of paper. Yep, absolutely, because they can visualize it. People are visual; they want to see pictures, they want to see things, they want to they want to hold and, and see how it works. So I'm going through the product development stage now. If I'm licensing, I want to get as close as possible, but I'm not going to spend a ton of money on it because if I do end up licensing, then most likely they're going to change the design anyway cuz i'm not a design expert they they know what they want for their for their product line so they'll make some changes if i'm going to manufacture it myself i need to get as close as possible if not exactly to spec of how i want my product to be before i end up going into manufacturing i may have to pay for tooling which could cost some uh maybe it's a cut and sew uh uh, product maybe it's a uh, CNC, which is you know cutting different types of material. I mean, there's a lot of different variables. But if I'm going to go into business on my own and I'm going to be manufacturing and it's the spec, then I need to know what it is that uh, I need to have it exactly the way I I want before before I start to produce it. So I'm kind of moving you up on both sides, whether you're licensing or manufacturing. So we went through we went through those stages of production to a point. So once I have something that I want to protect, then I'll either file a provisional patent application. Justin, I just need to pause here for one second. When you're when you're saying to me that you have a patent and you told me you have a provisional and you think that that's a patent, you forgot the last word there. It's a provisional patent application. It's not okay, a patent. So let me yeah, let me jump in on this one. So you're, it's interesting. I've I've learned a lot about this the last two years. I to explain the different types of patents, and and not the different types, but the kind of the status of a patent. Because I think some people think you know when they apply for one, then they've done they've checked the box. But explain kind of the process of how that works. Well, a provisional patent application gives you the right. And by the way, just as a disclaimer. I'm not a patent attorney. Right. I, I've been <laughs> You're an inventor, already just, in this world. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, from an inventor's perspective, I can give you what, what my terms are and, and my philosophy is. So 
Um, the provisional patent application gives you the right for one year to say that your idea is patent pending. And you can go around and you could show it. I feel more comfortable with a provisional patent application than having people sign a non-disclosure agreement because they can't see it. They don't know what I filed and it's broad most of the time, which means that I can, they don't know what I filed and my claims and everything else, but that's not within a provisional. It's just basically letting people being, putting people on notice that it's patent pending. Okay. So within that year, that's when I'm going to pitch. I'm showing, I'm doing, I'm, I'm making changes along the way. And then before that year comes due, I, I need to, uh, if I'm going to continue with it, I got people's opinions. I think it's something that I want to continue with. So I'll convert it into a non-provisional patent application or non-provisional patent, otherwise known as utility. And that that's going to cover the, the works like uh, kind of like the twists and turns and, and, and the purpose of it, the functionality of it. Okay. If it's something that isn't able to be covered that way and it's more ornamental, more about the design, then it's a design patent. So I'll skip the, I'll skip the provisional patent application and I'll just file a design patent and that'll be able to cover me. But if somebody makes enough of a change to the design patent, then it's not really that protected. So when I go to a licensee, they like when I have a good, solid provisional patent application. Um, but many people want to do it themselves, and I'm okay with that. I think it's great. But when I'm inventing, I'm looking at this as a, a business, and I'm taking my emotional part out of it, and I'm focused on my business, and I want professionals to be working with me. So I make sure that my provisional patent application and all my patent work is done by a professional. This way, when I have a deal that I'm putting on the table with, with a potential licensee, and they're showing it to their legal team. They're not going, Brian just wrote this and threw it on the wall. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's something that they, I see that he, he's had his due diligence done. He's made a prototype. He has a good working. He's made a video. He's put some images together, quick description. He's got uh, intellectual property protection covered on it. It looks like he's got his act together. So we're interested in taking a peek at it. Okay, and I keep it short and sweet and right to the point. So if 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 I end up having these patent applications that are that are filed, I know that I feel comfortable when I'm pitching my idea. And again, I'm less concerned, but I, I would I always try to get a, a, a patent. Okay. There's many people that have different opinions on it, but if I can and I have the money to, then I will. Um, sometimes I I bootstrap and I, I might just need to file a provisional. And maybe there's enough changes that I had with my provisional from when I first filed to the next one. So I might file another provisional. I mean, there's a lot of different variations that, that could happen. But for the most part, after one year, when you, when you file a provisional patent application and you're showing it, you're now revealing it to the public. So it becomes, you have a year to file. And if you don't, then it's going to become public domain. So you need to make a decision within that year what you're going to do unless there's a tremendous amount of change that you now you, you could file again but you lose the filing date of the original one you have to start fresh right got it okay so that's right. so, okay perfect good so that's the ip world intellectual property world and then sometimes like we were talking about the snuggie you could say you could say you don't need any of that patent stuff and you could just focus on the the name and that's a trademark and the trade the trademark will give you the rights to use that name 
and you can file uh try to get a domain name that matches it uh on on uh, like godaddy or one of the domains uh companies but you can come up with that name in a certain class of goods and that'll protect you and you can build up assets and build up some recognition with that name and that could be valuable to you and you can license that back in 2004 or 5 or maybe it was 2006 i trademarked over a hundred uh a hundred word marks and they were emoticon like you know the, all the emoticons and the acronyms sure, that the kids course. were using back in the day of course well i trademarked them outside of cell phones and computers and i did backpacks bags stationery, all these apparel all that and i had like sup with a question mark lol with a <laughs> smiley face in the middle and and I was actually written up in Entrepreneur Magazine. Wow. And my product, my product line that. was in <laughs> Target, Walmart, Sears, Zellers, Great Tiger, like all these different yeah. retailers. And it started to become too generic. Right. So it ended up fading away. But that was a nice run. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really exciting. So, th so th that's, that's how you can build up assets. And that was a product line that I ended up making just from trademarks. And I had licensees in the different categories. And then the different categories of, of the trademark office, a class of goods were protected. So that's how I was able to build up that line from with with other licensees. So trademark name is interesting. You just, you know, uh, on a product, it might be tough because they don't need to really pay you. They can make their own name and, and get paid. So if you if you can't, if you came up with a good product or if you came to if you have something that's already existing in, in the public domain and you come up with a good name for it and you build up build up some assets to it where the name is worth something then somebody might be able to take over that domain uh, that trademark sure. from you no question that way too yeah and we're at a, pl a place in the process here where i mean there's a lot of branches right there's a lot of doors that could, you could go through and i mean <laughs> you could walk through each of them and they're they're all different outcomes right what would be like maybe one or two more things one or two more elements in the process that you would recommend, you know, focus if you're an inventor that you're at this point in the process. Sure. Well, you have, you're at the, we're, we're basically, we're, we're at that, we're at that fork in the road where you're going to license or manufacture. So now you're going to make some decisions and if you're going to manufacture, good luck to you. You're going to be in your own business. Uh, you're talking about, uh, uh, coming production, manufacturing, right? Uh, distribution, warehousing, logistics. Uh, that would be like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talking I mean, through that, but, right? <laughs> but you're, you're doing this when you're coming up with an idea. You want to be in your own business. So here you go. You're, you're at a greater risk, uh, but there's great reward. Uh, you make a product for two bucks and you sell it for, for 10 bucks or wholesale it for seven, eight bucks that, or six bucks. That's awesome. Uh, but you do have all the, all the, all the parts all the parts of coming up with this new new idea um, and and uh, starting this business. If you're going to license it, good luck. Um, you start making a list of all the different uh, or all the potential companies that could be possibilities of adding your product to their product line and and see if it's something that that makes sense for them. Uh, and and then and then now you're on the next journey. So. How are you going to get your product to market? So it could be through a potential licensee that we spoke about, uh, and they would make a deal with you, and it would be uh, based on territory. 
depending on how far also you've gone in uh, into uh, development or if you started selling it is what your royalty rate might be. Uh, and different industries uh, carry different royalty rates. Um, and and uh, let's say you come up and people always ask me about this, so I, I can share it with the listeners. Uh, so if I make a product for, or let's say the licensee ends up making the product for $2 and they sell it to, uh, let's say one of the major retailers, they sell it for $4 and then the retailer sells it for $8.99. So on the $4, let's say we have a royalty rate of 5%. So on the $4, you're talking 20, per, 20 cents per unit. Now, now you're, you're hoping that when you're working with a licensee and you're getting a small, uh, well, it's not small, it's all relative, but 5% of what? So I had an inventor back in the day say, Brian, I'm doing exactly what you told me. I have two deals on the table now. I came up with this great toy. I have one that's giving me and offering me 10% uh, of a royalty, and I have another one offering 5%. Am I stupid not to take the 10%? And I <laughs> Depends said, okay. On their, on their reach. <laughs> you got it. So tell me tell me the companies. Exactly, and, that they're then, selling into. Okay, good. Right. So I knew already the companies, and I said, now I want you to do the research. Show yep. me where their where they're, where their distribution is. Exactly. So one had, one had toy stores and gift shops. And that was the 10% one. And the 5% one was in, was in Target, was in Toys R Us. There we go. Right. Big it was time in reach. some of the major, right. Some of the major retail yeah, for, no question. For, for the you toy the, You can make it up on volume. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. And I can also give you a hundred percent of zero. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right? so, so these are the things that you have to consider. So, um, you know, that's, that's what a royalty rate is and that's what it could work out. So 20 cents, it may sound small for what you have, but don't forget you're not taking much of the risk. I mean, you're taking the risk of, of giving it to giving your intellectual property and renting the rights to a potential li- a, a licensee so you can earn royalties, but they have the risk too. They might have to make tooling. They have to deal with the buyers. They have salespeople, they have production, they have to get it within it delivered within a certain window somewhere. Otherwise they have to pay, pay penalties and, and and what about all the returns? And, oh, the returns. Uh, or somebody right. using a coupon at, at, right. at one of the retailers for 20% off. Sure. Who's paying for that? Trade the dollars. I, I mean, the, right, the licensee is. Yep. yep. There's so, a lot of things to think about. A lot of about. variables. <clears throat> yeah, and it's not to scare those of you listening off, right? I mean, this is the, the, the coolest and the fun part when you have something that's ready to go to market is figuring that out. And I, you know, I, I can speak from my own ex- limited experience and it is fun and it's a challenge and it's cool to be able to talk to people like Brian and, and get ideas on in terms of in the coaching on where to go. And speaking of that, so Brian, I mean, we could go on for like two hours and... <laughs> And I, instead, I'm going to have you back on down the road. We'll, we'll cover some of the other topics we couldn't get to today. But before we go, share with our audience, uh, again, how they can get in touch with you, how they can connect with you, etc. Absolutely. My, my personal website is brianfried.com. And I think I told you the same joke, but maybe people <laughs> skipped over part one and part two. Right. I, and it, it happens to me every single day. If you spell my name, my first name, as B-R-A-I-N instead of B-R-I-N, <laughs> and, you, and you say my last name spelled the way it sounds, it, it's fried. So it's brain fried. It's right. Brian Freed. So it's brianfried.com. It. And then, uh, uh, obviously, the United Inventors Association 
UIAUSA.org. And then I have my other website, which is inventasmart.com. So a lot of fun, fun things out there, uh, great tools and resources on, on all the websites and being able to help and support inventors through uh, all, the, all the videos and radio interviews and, and blog posts and, and books and, and inventor groups. I am a huge advocate. I mean, I'm very active with inventor groups. And, uh, and I'm telling you, they're, they're a great place to network and be able to find uh, people to connect with and like-minded inventors that, uh, that are in the same boat as you. That's very, and also very cool. resources for inventors. Well, that's, that's really cool. Well, hey, listen, thanks for coming on for doing part two. And again, look forward to having you on, on in a couple of months and, and we'll dive into another one of these topics in great detail. That would be amazing. Whenever you want, <laughs> Justin, I, I love I love giving this information and, and like sharing my experiences. I, I think it's important. You know what? And I do this because when I first started, I didn't have this information and, exactly. and, and I made the, and exactly. I made the mistakes. And, if you can get this information like this and, and uh, save you some some of those headaches that I had, that's that's what I do. And that's why I want to pass the word out to, to you and your listeners. I, I appreciate it. the opportunity. Dude, it's been great having you on. Thank you, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.